0: Hey, how you going? Richard here from Crispin Co. with The Elastic Brand, a show on how to build a consistent and love brand without sacrificing the flexibility to move with demand and and to grow a dynamic business. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Well, last week was pretty fun because uh, we did this stuff live on LinkedIn, which was my first ever <laughs> live on LinkedIn broadcast and it wasn't without its technical issues. But um, thanks to the guests that jumped on. That was really cool. And it was good to see people interacting as well. We had uh, Louise Tilly on from Sage and we had Siobhan Miller on from Poddy. Both had really insightful things to say uh, whilst we talked about how to build a brand promise that you can trust. Now, today's episode is all about knowing your people, which is essentially your target audiences. And it's one of those things whilst we're building brands that as a brand director, it comes up all the time with clients who genuinely believe they know who their target markets are. And it's amazing how often that it isn't the case. Um, that you know exactly who your target markets are. Because the tr- traditional way to identify a target market is basically do age profiling. And let's be honest, how much more advanced are we now in our media consumption and in the way we portray our messages? We're far more advanced than just basing all this stuff off of people's age. You know, people have so many personality traits that um, that, that we we can't possibly... Chuck everyone in the same bucket based on age. So there, it, it becomes more complex nowadays in terms of how to identify who's going to buy your product or your service. And that's what we we'll want to talk about today. And there's a few tools that you can use to be able to identify the right people. Because the, the other reason why this is important is that the, the media streams available to us now to be able to get our messages out are so many. You know, there's so many years and years ago, um, and I'm probably showing sure my age a bit when I first got into this industry. You essentially, well, in Australia anyway, you essentially had three TV stations, uh, a handful of radio stations, a newspaper, and uh, an outdoor billboard advertising, and they were your choices you know, to, to get your message out to people. But now you can t- 10 times all of those classic media outlets, uh, because they've all got, um, sub stations and, and, and pay stations and free to air stations and all that. But then add to that everything that's available with online advertising, all the social media platforms, uh, Google Ads, all all the stuff, you know, there's an absolute plethora of ways that you can get to people. And because there are so many different ways, and because people tend to sort of uh, go to their their, their preferred medium to consume what it is that they want to consume, it's fragmented audiences, because there's still only a certain amount of people in the world, you know, the, the 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 growth of media has far 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 outstretched the growth of the population. It's not like it's not like there's uh, you know as as much growth percentage wise in population as there is in media streams. There, there definitely isn't. So what we've done is we've fragmented our audiences. So you've got less people consuming one media than they used to, which makes it a lot more difficult to get. Um, reach you know we call it reach when we when we get into a, a, a certain amount of people in one hit what we have to do quite often now is hit people up with frequency and and also spread our message across different mediums which is why it's important to understand where your audience is uh, so that we can deliver the right message to them um, but in order to know where your audience is you first have to know who your audience is so identifying that is really important when it comes to putting together an efficient media schedule And also, proper creative and messaging that is going to resonate with the person who you're talking to. And that is really the basis on which this discussion is founded because media streams, media planning, media scheduling, and all of that, that's an art in itself. But if we're not telling them the right thing and our message doesn't resonate, then it won't matter how much money you spend on media. You know, you have to tell them the story that is going to resonate. And it is all about storytelling. People want to feel like you're talking directly to them. They want to see themselves in you. And so being able to tell the right story to the right person is what marketing nowadays is really all about. And it always has been, but it's so much more important now because we've got so much research available to us at our fingertips. We can Google stuff and we can find out information. So we, in our advertising, we no longer necessarily need to deliver information about our product in terms of its features, what we've got to do is we've got to deliver the benefits through storytelling. And the only way you get people to engage with your story is if they can identify with it. So, how do we find our people? How do we find our tribe? How do we know who our tribe are? Um, and how do we you know, structure a, a marketing plan that gives us both efficiency in, in, in our uh, media spend and also credibility in the story that we're trying to, to portray? Well, we've got a system that we adopt, and it, it comes as part of what we do with our brand architecture program, the Brand Arc, and we call it the Brand Customer Journey. And it's broken down into five distinct areas, and those are the areas that we're going to talk about today. So your job as a business owner or as a manager of a business is to identify whereabouts in these five areas your potential target market sits. And it doesn't matter if you're a big business, a small business, a medium business. Every business in the world has got potential audience or potential customers, should I say, in one of these five areas, and what the brand customer journey allows you to do is decide when you want to talk to them, decide what you want to tell them, and figure out the priority in terms of getting that that sector of your potential market to the next level. So the five areas are as follows. Might be worth grabbing a pen and paper to write these down. So from left to right, what we do is we write the following: we say. Um, Unknown. This is uh, the, the, the the section of the brand journey whereby people have, they've never heard of you. And and that's always the case when you're a startup business, um, or it might even be a demographic of people who you've just never even spoken to ever. And they wouldn't know who you are from a bar of soap. They're the unknowns or you're unknown to them. Now the, the, the next section is known. So you're known to a certain type of person for something, um, they've probably, they've never bought from you. They've not got a relationship with you, but they know who you are. The next and third and the middle section is you are something. So you write down something. You're something to this group of people, whether they've heard of you through a family member and you've got some credibility with them, or they may have engaged with you in some way, shape or form. But again, it's unlikely they've transacted with you. Or they may have, but it was once and it was ages ago and you know there's no real relationship with the people who you are something to. The next step is respected. Now once you are a brand that is respected, that is a great thing. These people do buy from you, they will buy from you and they will recommend you. But there's another step on from respected, which is the absolute holy grail of the relationship with a customer. and that is to be loved. Now if you've got a brand that is loved those people will never go anywhere else they will never buy from anyone else they will never even consider switching from you because they absolutely love who you are and they love what you do they love your your product your what you represent as a brand they want to be part of you a great example of a loved brand is in my opinion is Apple you know you get and you know there's a couple of couple of ways you can figure out if a brand is loved One, imagine your life without it. If you can imagine life without a particular brand and it doesn't affect you, then you probably don't love it. If you imagine a brand and you imagine life without it and it affects you and that would upset you, then it's a loved brand. And I would suggest that the people who buy Apple products fall into that category. The other reason why Apple is proven to be loved is because you've got a sector Of the market, who will go and camp out in front of an Apple store to be the first person to get the new iPhone or the new iMac or the whatever the product is? Those people who are so committed that they will go to great lengths to purchase are absolutely in love with that brand. I mean, the the fact of the matter is they could wait a week and they could go online, and they could get the product delivered to the door. But people are so in love with that brand that they're almost part of a cult, and they want to be the first to purchase. So it's, it's in every business's dreams to become that loved. Once you're at that stage, that's it. Now, in between each of those five words, you want to draw a vertical line. Now, that vertical line is a representation of a barrier. And the barrier to get those people to the next level—it's your marketing challenge. So that line is your marketing challenge. So what we what we do is we 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 figure out and, and through our own research, and it, it's, it's, you know there's loads of different ways to figure out where people sit and who they are and what they are and all that. And you could you, the, the best way to do it is through talking to people, talking to people who who, who buy something that you sell from someone else, talk to them about what they love about them and whether they know you or not and what they do and don't like about you. Get a do a straw poll of your market. Research companies. Yeah, great. Awesome. Do that. Maybe, but it, there's a cost attached to that. Uh, the founder of Walmart n- refused to use research companies. He would go to the, onto the shop floor and he would talk to his customers. And that's how he got his intel about how to make changes and what to do better. Because he spoke to the people who he was selling his stuff to. Surely that's the most sensible way to go. So to figure out who your customers are, um, what they represent, what sort of age profile they are, what sort of um, socioeconomic profile, income streams, all those things. But also, and really importantly, is interests. If you can figure out the interests of your your target demographic or your target profile customer, then that's a really good and insightful way to figure out how to tailor your creative. Because if you know what turns someone on from an interest point of view, it really doesn't matter if they're 20 years old or 50 years old. If they're interested in something that you can resonate with and they can resonate with with you, then you've got an angle. So it's all about finding angles. And, and we, you know, often in marketing, you hear the term unique selling proposition. Um, I'd, I'd love to come up with an alternative and I'm going to actually, because I hate the term unique selling proposition. It's it, what it really is all about is finding the angle to be able to tell the story that's going to resonate with the people who you want to buy your stuff. It's as simple as that. What the 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 importance of unique selling proposition in its real term is that you 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 ideally will create yourself a a proposition that is so unique and that is so different that the people who you're talking to about it can't get it from anywhere else, and so if they want it and they feel like they need it, uh, they have to buy it from you, and so effectively you eliminate any competition that you may have had because to to be able to find something that is so Completely unique to your target audience, um, that they just can't live without it and they can't get it anywhere else is great. So, I mean, that that is the holy grail. Um, and if you can achieve that, that that is exactly what it is all about. It's about finding that uniqueness in what you offer to make it that they they don't want to go anywhere else. And through our brand art process, that's exactly our our intent is to find the uniqueness in your business that makes it that your target customer doesn't want to shop anywhere else because there's something about your brand or there's something about what you deliver that they just have to have and they wouldn't consider going somewhere else for it. And often it's about the experience. You think about Apple, again, as an example, it, at the end of the day, it's a technology product. you know. And, and if you're being completely honest about it, is it any better than the others? I don't know, maybe. There's probably features of Apple that are different to Samsung and different to Google phones and whatever else. Probably. You know, there's probably preferences that people have for certain features. But the the fact of the matter is that people really buy Apple because of the culture. They buy it because of the experience. They buy it because they can say they've got Apple. You know, it's 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 a cultural thing. So once you create that culture around your brand and what it is that you do and what it is that you sell, that's when you start to create that following around your brand that makes you loved to that particular target audience. So then, the next step. Once we've identified that, and we've put these people into these five areas. So the people who we know don't know us at all. The people who we think know us for something. The people who we are something to through some previous transaction or, or, or you know. Sp- low-level relationship we may have had, or the people who respect us, or the people who love us, once you understand who those people are, and I'm not talking in the literal sense, but I'm talking about the profile of those people, then you know how to get to them, where to get to them, when you want to get to them. Because if your objective in this particular marketing campaign you're about to do is to build your brand with people who don't know it, then you know where to go, you know who to talk to, and you know what to say, and you know which mediums to buy if your objective is to make some sales to people who are completely aware of you and will buy from you if if the time is right and if the price is right and everything else, then you're talking to the other end of the scale. And that's a completely different pitch. So what it allows you to do with your marketing strategy and your marketing plan is to get more efficient in your expenditure and to get more targeted in your message. Two really critical things. So once you've got more Uh, efficient in your buy and and you're saving money or you're spending money in the right place, should I say. Um, And once you've got some real meat on the bones around the message that you want to deliver and and you've got a creative idea and you execute that, then your entire campaign has got real substance to it and it will yield better results. So this process of identifying target markets and putting them into one of these five categories is completely, completely essential to any marketing strategy. It is completely essential. And if you haven't done it, the chances are you're probably throwing clay against the wall a little bit, uh, which is inefficient, it's costly, and you're just not giving the right message and it could actually be doing brand damage. So do that, you know, write down those five things, known, sorry, unknown, known, something, respected and loved. And figure out, if you can fight. figure out where the, the your target audiences are in those five areas, and you know how to strategize to get them to the next level, then that's what you need to do. Um, it's what we do as an agency with with our partner clients. And part of our brand architecture process is to identify those areas and then put all of that information into a marketing strategy. So that's my advice on target markets is really understand who you want to deliver your message to. And almost kind of, it, it's got to be more, way more about them than it is about you. You know, it's not necessarily who do I want to sell to. It's about why would someone want to buy from me? So when you can start asking that question, why would this person want to buy from me rather than I want to sell to you? <laughs> it's a completely different perspective. So anyway, that's my 10 cents for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it, 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 it's really good uh, to to do these little episodes and, and particularly to keep them as short as we do, because I think you can get some really succinct advice and some information out there. And as I say, I want these shows to be interactive and I'd love for you to drop me a line. Uh, the email address is in the body copy of this podcast. My name's Richard Miller and I run a company called Crisp Co. We're in Adelaide, South Australia, and we are a full service brand, content and communications company. Now, So I want to give you guys the heads up. Next week is going to be extremely exciting. And I can't tell you who I've got on as a guest, but we're going to dispense of the regular program next week because we've got an extremely, extremely special guest coming up next week. Um, I'm doing an interview which I'm going to pre-record on Tuesday uh, because this guest is overseas and he is a beacon in the world of business, um, has been in business for a lifetime and has grown a particular brand from nothing to being a worldwide phenomenon. And my guest is extremely insightful, very, very well networked, and I'm extremely lucky to have managed to get him on the show. And it's all thanks to my very good friend, Michael Sampson from Equidel, who managed to broker this uh, th- this interview. So um, look out for that and, and, and tune in when that drops, because it's going to be, and I'm telling you, it is going to be a podcast to listen to. So uh, for now, my name is Richard Miller. This is The Elastic Brand. I'd like to thank you for joining me. As I say every single week, time is our greatest commodity, and I'd like to thank you for spending this time with me. Uh, drop me a line. It's richard at chrisband.co, uh, and I will catch you again next time.